Previously on Story Jazz, Fourth Life. Our world is futurism. Our plot is mystery. Exterior, virtual mansion, day. Buzzy shows up. All right, character voice time. Do you want to come with a character voice? Sorry I'm late, Buzz. Apparently his dog was deleted. He presses the button to eject the disc, and all that comes out is a bunch of black goo. That one drop of black acre ripped a hole into the floor, and you can see the checker space behind it. Please, don't step in there. I can't get you back. Uh, Buzzy, do you have time for, for lunch later? Buzzy's heart stops. Uh, sure. How have you been, Biola? Frank's the house. Carefully, Webby pulls the containment crystal out of the green goo, and in the center of it is this fractal shape, and Buzzy says, I've seen that before. So, we sat down here on the 459th day of quarantine. I've got a cup of black tea. Earl Grey, which... Shouldn't it be Earl Black if it's black? Maybe it's grey tea. The fragrance fills my nostrils with nostalgic vibrations. And I am ready to conceptualize a story. Okay, I'm going to throw something out here. We haven't really started recording yet, but I want to talk about something. And I want it recorded because I don't know what's going to come out of this. You set the story in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah, last time. I sure did, didn't I? And I think it's worth acknowledging what's happening in Minneapolis right now, especially since our story is about young militant lifestyles and the police. <laughs> yeah. And I yep. think it, we would be remiss not to acknowledge that. We recorded the first part of the episode before any of this happened, before any of the current events happened, still within full acknowledgement that police brutality and murder happens, but not for some reason. We we That was not the forefront of our story. And yet I feel compelled to at least acknowledge that that's happening now. Absolutely. Uh, for anyone listening in the future, since we'll probably be releasing this a lot later than we're recording, it's the 31st of May right now. And um, there are protests happening. Protests over the life of George Lloyd, who was killed by yeah. uh, a police officer. I think we can um, say murdered. Yeah, murdered. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't think it's, I don't think we as a show are obligated or should do anything more than to acknowledge that and to voice our support of those fighting for justice. Yeah. So now let's get back to the show. You're listening to Story Jazz an improvised storytelling podcast. Uh, this is part two of the fourth life story arc, which we started on last episode. And it's a mystery set in a virtual world, kind of. We set up a bunch of like mystery plot lines last time, and we're going to try to see if we can bring those together somehow this time around. Remember, this is all improvised, so there's no guarantee this will work. <laughs> so the two mysteries that are happening are... Frank, Viola, and Webby's secret organization exploring the histories of the bourgeoisie and what is happening, right? Where, what are the origins of fourth life? 
why why is there a fucking slum in a video game? Right. Why is there this divide in the video game? And then separate from that, almost certainly attached somehow, but separate, distinct from that, is the mystery of what is this black ick and why does it form this repetitive fractal pattern? Where does it come from? Where does it go? Where does it come from, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> so I think those are two distinct mysteries that are interwoven, right? We come in on the middle of Frank Webby and Viola's investigation into the workings of Fourth Life, of uh, Lulhot's Dog Law server. We come in sort of as they're, they're sort of running their, their dog spyware to figure out something. But clearly it's not the same thing as this. And yet, as that's happening, we know that Chief 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 is running his investigation about what the fuck is this black ick. So there are two investigations going on, overlapping. And I don't know if we'll solve both or how many or how much of what. I think we need to try and answer one question at a time. And I would like to start by talking about where Buzzy first saw the fractal pattern. Did he not first see it in the command center in Faker's house? I think that was what one might think at the end of the last episode, but it might be more fun, more interesting, and more of a reason for Buzzy to be drawn into the story if there was something even further back. Give us a cold open. Just run with it. Okay. Take us back in time. Flashback moment. Okay. We open... Three years earlier, in a different Fourth Life server. In fact, <laughs> in fact, this is an earlier iteration named Third Life, where Grem, Buzzy's older sister, full name Techno Gremlin, uh, real world name unknown to us since it doesn't matter. Grem spawns into a room and uh, she looks around to see if her brother is with her if he's made the jump successfully from IRL to VRL, virtual reality life. <laughs> we should note at this point that Billy Buzzworth, Buzzy, uh, has just set up his extensive supercomputer with the help of his loving older sister in the office of their recently deceased mother. And Billy Buzzworth is eight years old. and in an attempt to help him cope and help him mourn, Graham thought that video games would be a way of living in a world that they both knew their mother loved so much. So they felt like, so they wouldn't lose something that their mother cared about and it would always sort of be with them. Their, their mom was a, like old school RuneScape fanatic. And RuneScape has had many more iterations over the years. And her old, like all her old equipment transferred over from old school RuneScape to the newer iterations all the way into VR rooms, RuneScape, which um, is still a thing. But right now, Grem and Buzzy have jacked into third life, or at least Grem has. And she's looking around asking her brother if he's, if, if everything's working all right. Does the headset fit him? And Buzzy says, yeah, I think it's a little big, actually. And his voice is coming from a uh, faceless, textureless, 
a gray character, like placeholder character who is just standing in this empty VR space. Oh, Buzzy. Okay. So first we're gonna have to actually make you a sprite. This is so third life is uh, like a a new iteration of Second Life, and so it's got a lot of flexibility, um, but there's not much here. Uh, so the first step is going to be to make yourself a character. Well, like, what do you what do you want to what do you want to look like, buddy? Oh, I I don't know. Can I just look look like me? Hmm. How do you feel about sandwiches? You like sandwiches, right? I sure I like sandwiches. All right. Um, Mom used to bologna? make these great. <laughs> Mom used to make these great PB and J's. I can't tell through the speakers whether you're crying or laughing, Buzzy. Oh, I don't think that's not me laughing. It's the storyteller who gives me my voice. That's a disturbing concept. No, he sobs a little bit. Baloney, tuna fish, what are you feeling today? Are you saying that I can eat a virtual sandwich and actually taste? This is this is this is a world where anything's possible, Buzzy. Like live with me a little bit. What what kind of sandwich are you feeling? Um, you know, avocado and endive. What what kind of sandwich? I was just thinking PB and J. PB and J. Okay. Do you want me to get more creative with it? No, no. PB and J is fine, Buzzy. So Buzzy hears a, and suddenly. There is a massive three-story tall peanut butter and jelly sandwich in front of them out of nowhere. Buzzy's like shocked and takes a few steps backwards, but doesn't have a body. And so his sort of his uh, camera angle is which all he has really is a camera angle from where he can see things floats backwards a little bit. And uh, Graham says, this is a world where anything is possible. This is the kind of place where you can be anyone, do anything, and live your life to your fullest. And I, I'm getting a little sappy here. Sorry, Buzzy. But I, I, mom wouldn't want you to ever forget that she loved video games because you could do anything. You could be anyone. And even in a time where it felt like you were trapped and alone, that it didn't matter, that we were all together. We were all in the same place. That, it, you, you know, you're just a few buttons away from the person you love most. So, so I can be the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Hell yeah, you could be the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Let me get some. Let me get some limbs on this thing. And <laughs> uh, Buzzy watches as some meaty, tattooed arms appear on either side of this three-story sandwich. But the, the arms are normal human size. <laughs> There's and, a, like an anchor and like a heart with the with the arrow through it, but it says jam. <laughs> and he he watches and hears a sort of scrolling sound as the arms get bigger and smaller as uh, Graham is messing with his size, trying to get the arms to fit. And then she says, okay, come with me here. We're going to have to jack your camera angle into the front. And she she waves over and with very little manual dexterity, as we know, Buzzy's camera angle floats around, goes way too far forward, and he he's having trouble controlling the you know the acceleration on his camera. Uh, and so Graham reaches out and tethers him to her arm, and then affixes the camera to the front of the sandwich. Wow, everything looks so small from up here. I mean, you look small. There's not really anything else in this room yet. Okay, Buzzy, this is probably the weirdest part. But you're gonna get you're gonna have to get used to 
moving in a, a 3D virtual space. This is this is the weirdest part. You're going to want to move your legs outside of, of, of your chair, right? You're going to want to stomp on the floor and move around. You have to move with the, the Synapse plugin, okay? You're going to have to, you're jacked in, right? And so the, the, the world is paying attention to you, your, your synapses, your actual body. I know this is complicated. Uh-huh. So I want you to think about your legs moving without actually moving your legs. And as she says that, Buzzy's PB&J character, like, gets up onto wobbly little legs like a toddler, stretches out his arms, and goes, I'm, I, I think I'm doing it. And then it just topples over, and, like, the bread chunks fall apart, <laughs> and, like, the, the, his face splats onto the ground, while well, his front splats onto the ground, and the PB&J <laughs> splats everywhere. <laughs> and he like gets back up and like the top of the uh, tower of bread and <laughs> and nut butter and uh, fruit <laughs> mash flops back and forth wildly. You're doing great, Buzzy. I can do this. Whoa. And uh, Grim hears something outside of her VR headset that goes like. <laughs> and she like takes off one eye and looks over. <laughs> She, like, leans back out of her chair to, like, peek into the room. Peeks into the other room and sees Buzzy on the floor there. Yeah, it takes a little bit of getting used to. You'll you'll get there. And then she, like, goes back into the game and scrolls his character down a bit to make him more eight-year-old sized. <laughs> okay, I think I can do this now. And he starts taking toddler steps. And, and he's about to fall as he reaches Graham's character and like reaches out to her to steady himself on her. And she's like, this doesn't, and his character manages to grab onto her arms, but real life Buzzy doesn't. So he falls again and she sighs, but eventually he does manage to get uh, somewhat steady on his feet. You'll get used to it, buddy. I, um, here. And she, I, you know, he hears some keyboard clacks as, as she, uh, generates a staircase. So it looks like an old uh, stone spiral staircase. It doesn't go up to anything. And she says, all right, Buzzy, you, if you can make it all the way to the top of this staircase without falling, I'll get you a lifetime supply of Fig Newtons. <laughs> you mean like IRL Fig Newtons or VR Fig Newtons? Real Fig Newtons. I told you I just got hired, so... I'm now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing some real work, so I, I should be able to pay for everything. But it means that you'll always have Fig Newtons. Okay. You know, whenever you, whenever you need them. Buzzy uh, lunges <laughs> toward the steps and starts uh, clambering up. Like on all, all hands and neck, uh, hands, hands and neck, hands and legs. <laughs> hands and neck. <laughs> like, like on his hands and neck. <laughs> he uses, he hooks his neck into the next step and then pulls up his body with his PB&J neck muscles. A, a gruesome display. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he pulls, he pulls himself up step by step, but he keeps falling, keeps losing balance, keeps thinking that he's high up and, and losing his coordination. And uh, Graham eventually shouts, you don't have to do it all in one day. We can, you know, go and experience the world a bit. And uh, you come back here and I'll set up an achievement and I'll automatically get notified uh, if you ever get to the top, huh? Okay. We cut to third life proper. This is taking place on a server called Supernova. 
a really cool sort of science fiction-y aesthetic server. Um, sort of a mix of all kinds of aesthetics that different players bring with them to design their homes and stuff. But the sky is always night, uh, and it's lit up by a huge star that is permanently in the middle of exploding. Um, and that's what gives the server its name. Just frozen supernova in the sky. And people go about their business, uh, and Buzzy is staring at this open plaza of VR chatters standing in groups, running around, screeching memes at the top of their lungs. There's a small, uh, roundish, red character from a popular Sega franchise saying something about a way that one might know or something or other. Uh, As Grem leads uh, sandwich-shaped Buzzy through the crowd, um, a few of the characters nod to Grem. Grem is a uh, kobold-shaped, moderately armored with sort of uh, sci-fi goggles on her forehead, shorter character, but everybody seems to recognize her, and they they nod deferentially to her uh, as if with some respect. And Buzzy picks up on this. Do these people know you? Do, do, do you, like, run this place? Oh, oh, Buzzy, I, I, don't, I don't run anything. It's... You spend time here, and people know you. You make friends. Cool. Or, or, or at least acquaintances, you know? It, it's... This is, a, this is a real place. Acquaintances? What about real-life friends and real-life acquaintances? Do you have any of those? I'm going to let you in on a, on a secret, Buzzy. Yeah? This is real life. Huh. And Buzzy looks around a peanut butter and jelly sandwich stack. He looks at, you know, a flying jetpack character who's just a jetpack without a person on it. And there's a, there's a broccoli man who is like broccoli, but also big, bulky green muscles. And there's also that cephalopod that years later became a communications officer in the dog law police force, just sort of wandering through the plaza there, everybody going about their business. And yeah, it feels physical. It feels real. And Buzzy thinks, well, maybe this is a place that I can finally meet friends who will, who will accept me as I am or as I want to be, which might even be more important. Um, sis, I mean, I mean, Grim, uh, what do people do here? I mean, I've, I've, I hang out here and I talk to people, but I think people go off on, on missions or something. I don't know. I haven't really explored it much. You know, I, I, I work in, the, in the, the WoW servers. So there's like an adventure center that you can go to and log quests. Um, and there's all kinds of different quests with all kinds of different aesthetics. You know, fantasy stories and sci-fi stories and mystery stories and paranormal activity stories and horror stories and all kinds of stuff that people can just experience. And you can design your own quests and everything. And um, that's the kind of stuff that the people do on here. And that uh, carried over into Fourth Life years later. So Grem and Buzzy enter this adventure center, which is a big dome uh, with all these big old, like, um, doors. Like a door that is all oaken and old and covered in vines leading into a world called Elder Growth Forest, where you can f- 
uh, find a quest line where you have to slay a dragon or, or a, some sort of basilisk or something. And then there's another door that uh, promises pirate adventures, and it's called The Six Seas of Salvador. Eh? <laughs> and then there's a ghost hunting adventure. It's called Ackroyd Academy and um, all these different doors leading to different quests. And Graham just walks up to the counter in the middle of this dome and says, hey there, can we just like have like a beginner level adventure? Like my bro here, um, he's right over there, the PB&J. Yeah, the, the, the stack of sandwiches. Sure. What kind of quest would you like? My name's Frank. I'd be happy to help you. <laughs> I can't believe he just dropped that character in. Wow, that's some voice you got there. I was just thinking something simple to sort of start off with. Would you like our state-of-the-art beginner goblin slaying quest? That sounds very violence-heavy. I don't know if he's ready for that. And as she looks over, um, Buzzy stumbles again and splats some more PB&J on somebody who walks by and goes, Sorry, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure that'll wash out. How about a find the lost kitten of the princess in the castle? That seems more along our lines, yeah. And we'll sort of work our way up from there, huh? What uh, difficulty level would you like this quest to be? This quest goes from difficulty one to six. Buzzy has now made his way up to Grem and the counter and is like panting and leaking PB&J everywhere. Uh, and looks up at the guy and says, Let's try six! I'm ready. Six it is. And Grum says, let's try one. Can we try one? Absolutely. Here you go. Just stamp here, side here. Perfect. None of the characters did anything. It's just an <laughs> automatic animation. And then Frank, uh, who we should note at this point, is a broad, bearded, purple, spiky-haired dwarf standing behind the counter. Is he purple or is his hair purple? Purple-haired. Purple spiky haired dwarf, a bearded purple haired dwarf with a uh, mug of ale sort of hidden, half hidden in the in the spiky hair. He hands them a sheet of paper and he says, now, if you'll look to your door about three doors down on your left, down the first hallway, and he points and he twists his fingers and he twists them again and his fingers make a little trail. Oh, cool. He says, if you enter that door and you tape or if you affix this. Uh, parchment to the outside of the door, it should enable the quest to begin for you. And then you just hop through. And Buzzy and Grem run over. Buzzy eagerly ahead of her, jump into the door and into a medieval realm where <laughs> they touch the cold stone floor of a castle, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a techno gremlin side by side. And hear the wails of a young lady who runs up to them and says, Have you seen Mr. Mittens? He's my favorite kitten. And Grem goes, Oh, this is one of those quests that are completely in rhyme, isn't it? Oh, jeez. And uh, Buzzy is totally enthralled and goes, Oh, I'll find Mr. Mittens for you, princess. And runs off and says, Come on, Grem, let's find this cat. And Grem goes, Well, the writing on these early... Early access quest is kind of shoddy, but I guess we'll do it. And um, I don't think we have to go into detail on these first few quests that they play, but... No, but I think it's... it's The quest is 
really about Graham letting Buzzy be autonomous, let him control his character, make his decisions, find the kitten if that's what it is that he wants to do, but really to bear witness to him taking control of his life um, and to be there to pick him up when he inevitably falls down and spreads peanut butter everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I think that, that Graham realizes that this is what life is going to be like now, but it actually, it hadn't really dawned on her. Like she had to go through all of the, you know, weird probate stuff when, when their mom died and, and she got a job real quick. She was already playing WoW a lot. So she got a job doing uh, admin work for them pretty early on so she could keep her and her brother afloat. And that was all logistics. That was all fill in the blanks for for living life as normally as she could for a 16-year-old. She hadn't realized that one of the blanks that needed to be filled in was, was Buzzy's mom. A couple weeks later... Buzzy and Graham have played pretty much all of the standard quests available uh, in Third Life Vanilla. And um, Graham is trying to, you know, regulate Buzzy's VR use a little bit because he still has a school and stuff. And though that takes place digitally as well, he needs to find some balance and, you know, go outside in the real world from time to time. And during these weeks, Buzzy always returns to the staircase and uh, and uh, tries to climb up it again, but it seems like it gets longer and longer every time he does. At first, he thought it would ju- it was just going to be a simple matter of coordination, but now as he tries, he realizes that after step ten, every step gets more difficult. Almost like there's some sort of gravity hack going on. Like it actually gets physically more difficult, and to like finagle his legs up there, it seems like a matter of like dexterity almost. Like his synapses just aren't that finely adjusted yet to the VR um, technology. And he just can't make it up those last few steps, but he keeps trying. And he does this during the night a lot. And then sometimes Graham will open his the door to his room and he will throw down the headset and jump into bed as fast as he can to try to pretend to sleep. But she kind of, most of the time she knows that he's been practicing but just scaring him once is enough to make him jump under the covers and actually go to bed. Cause usually he's pooped by that point. And, um, one of these nights after, uh, Buzzy is supposed to have gone to bed. Graham is hanging out with a few friends that she's met. One of them is Frank, the, um, quest counter guy who also started out just working one of these, uh, jobs that are often worked by NPCs, but uh, sometimes aren't. And he's been hanging out with a couple of dudes who create quests and create levels for people to play in. So they've been sort of working this quest counter on Supernova and, you know, uploading their own modded quests and stuff. A lot of, like, fantasy adventures and stuff for people to play. All right, hear me out, Grem. I've got a new quest line for the Sixies of Salvadore. Hear me out, hear me out. Okay. You're on a boat. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so you're sailing, and suddenly you're beset by pirates. Right, that's what the six seas of Salvadore are generally. I'm still working out the details, but I think I've got some some real panache with this one. 
So is there like a unique selling point to this quest? Is there like a unique... I'm working on it, Grem. You get so bogged down with the details. It's about inspiration. Okay, I don't mean to to harsh your vibe there, but um, just let me know when you... uh, how, how the idea progresses. They're hanging out in just sort of like an apartment, like a penthouse apartment, very chic, very snazzy. Grem has sort of naturally worked her way up because she's just a socially active person uh, in this server to, to hang out with the cool kids and the, per, the people who have the most sort of in-game currency. Grab what about a buried treasure? Yeah. How do you feel about buried treasure? Buried treasure sounds good. What kind of treasure? Mm. Like golden crabs that'll, that will like snip your fingers off maybe because greed. I'm thinking circular pieces of solid gold. Solid, solid gold. That's cool. Is the gold cursed? I never thought about cursed. That's pretty good. There you go. Where'd you come that. up with that? Idea? Yeah. Yeah. Cursed there gold. you go. No, you came up with that. You cursed had the idea for the cursed gold. Gold and a map that leads to the treasure with a big red X at the end. Wow. So original, Frank. That's amazing. <laughs> Keep working on that. Someone kicks in the door, and the door goes flying through the room and crashes out the glass window. And as it sails down to the to the streets below, it despawns. And as soon as the person who kicked it in enters the room, it respawns right where it was, because that's how things work. And nobody in the room is surprised. <laughs> yeah, this is just how this person enters rooms. And they say, I'm so bored. I want to go do an adventure. I, do we, are we coming up with a name right now? Is that our name? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, just do it. Okay. Um... Paul. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> surprisingly, a lot of our characters have just real people names, even though we're working uh, with screen names. Um, Maybe let's start with what they look like or what kind of character they are. Do you have to do that every time you enter a room, Cincinnati? I do, actually. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati is a... A half dragon, I think. Broad with really thick calves, and he kicks down every fucking door, regardless of whether there's a despawn port, a respawn port on it. Black scales, uh, humanoid, but also dragonoid. And he thinks it's hilarious, but instead of the wings coming out of his back, they come out of his buns, and so he flies sort of limp, hanging from <laughs> his midsection. <laughs> All right, hear me out, Cincinnati. I've got a new quest line. Grem's been helping me out. The six seas of Salvadore. You awake. Somebody next to you goes, oh, you're finally awake. And you're on a boat. Mm-hmm. You're heading down a rapid strait. And suddenly, you're beset by pirates searching for lost gold that is cursed. You kill the pirates and you reach into the captain's chambers and the chest inside and you pull out a map and on the map is a dotted line trail that leads to a red x at the end and what could be there but the cursed gold the pirates have been after for so long cincinnati stares at him with dead eyes and then goes that sounds amazing can we go there right now that's what i'm saying ah I just gotta get to. I gotta get somebody to uh, program and write the thing for me. <laughs> oh, it isn't finished yet. Well, that's a problem. And Grem gets up and says, "I actually saw an interesting quest the other day that I haven't tried yet. 
here. And she pulls out uh, a description from like her HUD or whatever. Uh, and it says, Battle the Void Slime. <clears throat> void Slime. Huh. Hmm. I've seen a lot of people play this and um, it has some controversial reviews. I don't really know, but that might be interesting, I guess. I love controversy. I'd be happy to undertake this quest for you and I'll report back with everything that I find. Well, uh, Frank, I, th- I think we're all going to go on this quest. I'd happy to have some companions. I will lead you with the authority that you've beset upon, with your the authority that you've invested, invested in me. Right. Do you guys think this is too dangerous for, for my brother? I told you I, I brought my brother into third life. He doesn't have a code name. He doesn't have like a, a screen name yet, so just call him Sandwich until he figures out what he wants to be called. But it, do you think it'd be cool if we if we bring him along? I think it'd be... It'd be fun for him to see what a what a high level quest looks like. Maybe it'll, you know, get him going. He's, you guys know that my my mom died, and uh, things have been tough. Absolutely, Graham. We've always been here to support you. We'll be here to support your brother as well. I mean, the more the merrier, I guess. As long as we get going now, because like I said, I'm bored. And can you give me a port out sound as uh, uh, Graham says? I'll be right back, guys. Grem pulls off her headphones and leans back so that she can peek into Buzzy's room. Buzzy is sitting in his chair, sort of muttering to himself. He's clearly already in VR, but he's like trying to talk himself up um, to something. And she says, Buzzy, Buzz, Billy, yeah, Billiam Buzzworth. <laughs> and he takes off one half of the headset and goes, oh, what, what's what's up? I wasn't, I was just finishing up. I, I know it's bedtime. Buzzy, how do you feel about one last quest tonight? This would be a high level one. It would give you sort of a, I don't know, a peek into the potential that's within you. <laughs> what do you, you think? Fun? Yeah? And his eyes grow three sizes and he says, absolutely, sure. If, if that's okay with like your, your friends and stuff. Yeah. They said it was cool. Come on. Uh, Porton, go to the, the third floor in the uh, Adventure House. What was it called? Yeah, the, the Adventure Dome, the, the Adventure Center, whatever. Yeah, go to the, go to the third floor. Um, find the door with the big footprint in the middle. Yeah, that one. Don't let the giant humanoid black dragon uh, scare you too much. Graham puts her headphones, her, her VR set back on, and she ports back in. <laughs> It's different every time. <laughs> it's okay. I love it. It's different every time. She ports back in. She's in the room and she sees Frank uh, with sort of a, a series of papers spread out everywhere. He says, Grum, I think that I'm actually going to pass on this quest. I've got to get this uh, six seas of Salvador quest going. And I think <laughs> that I'm going to take this time to reinvigorate. Maybe I'll read a book or two. Wow, that would be uh, an impressive feat. For you to accomplish, Frank. Absolutely. <laughs> he like <laughs> calculates for a second. Was that a compliment or a <laughs> backhanded thing? Cincinnati goes over to the wall where they've got all of their uh, questing gear. This is a private room in the quest house um, where they've got all of their various questing gear. He dons his uh, victorious battle sandals and his uh, cod piece of excellence and you know, sheaths his battle axe of 
stupendous debilitation. <laughs> um, all rare items that he's acquired on pretty much every other quest. Cincinnati is an avid quest doer. He he does them all, and he he's a bit of a speed runner, but you know, not to brag. And as he turns around, there is a small peanut butter and jelly sandwich standing there, gaping at him in awe. And the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is sort of, you know, leaning a little bit too far forward and then steps forward to catch himself, then leans a little bit too far backwards and then steps backwards <laughs> to catch himself. So you're the new kid, huh? You're the, uh, brother. Yeah, that's me. I'm, uh... Sandwich. This is my brother Sandwich. When he figures out what his uh, in-game name will be, he'll let you know, but just call him Sandwich for now. Well, Sandwich, pick out a gun or a, a sword, whatever. What, what, what is this void slime thing? Is this like a, a fantasy quest or what? I don't know. Um, it doesn't say it's through the, you know, obviously the void door. So there's aliens, there's demons, there's all sorts of nether creatures in there. It could, it could be anything. I'm not quite sure. Well, grab something big then. Buzzy looks around and he's trying to visualize him actually wielding a weapon. And he sort of runs his hand over a series of spears and flails um, before Graham comes up behind him and uh, hands him a, a hammer. Uh, sort of a, it looks like a a ball peen hammer that you would use for, you know, pounding on something in construction. It doesn't look like a weapon. And she says, this is the first piece of uh, legendary loot that I ever found. And it got me to where I am now. Maybe you just, maybe you try it out. If you don't like it, no big deal. But cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's got some, some hidden effects. So I don't know. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll discover something I haven't. Awesome. Thanks. And he grabs it and it's way heavier than he thought it would be. <laughs> and it like thunks onto the ground and he like pulls it up and he's like, I'll uh I'll get a grip on it. Remember that this isn't don't try to use your body's strength. Think about lifting it. Right? Right. Engage your mind and it will be weightless. Okay. I'll try. Graham pulls on two big power boots and thrusts her arm deep inside of a of a cannon, a sort of an arm-mounted cannon, and thrusts the other arm into a plasma shield. And then she says, uh, Cincinnati, are we getting the usual crew, or do you want to just do this quest, the three of us? Uh, let's just go right now. I don't want to have to jump on Discord and try to get people to join the server or whatever. It'll just take too long. Let, lead the way. Find, find, lead us to the, to the void room. Here we go. And he messes with the the like little quest card that Grem gave him earlier. Void slime. Sounds so weird. Hits some button and just the void door appears. And it's this big, like Vanta black, non-reflective door of blackness. And it just suddenly sprouts in the center of the room. And Grem goes, well, after you. And before she can even finish the sentence, Cincinnati's like dive bombing through the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he... Kicks off the ground with his sandals of something. <laughs> sandals of off the ground kicking. Sandals of off the ground kicking. And the sandwich jumps in after him and uh, yeah. <laughs> Grem follows so shortly after. Grem, Grem looks back at Frank, who's like, he's got his hands over the various papers and he's waving above them as if he's trying to cast some sort of spell. <laughs> um, nothing seems to be happening. 
<laughs> he says, I know they all fight with sabers. What about eye patches? <laughs> <laughs> and Grem kicks off with her power boots and jumps into the door, um, which folds in on itself and stretches into a thin line before snapping out of existence again. Welcome to the ad break. My name is Sam. And my name is Softy. And and this is a time where we all come together <laughs> to gather. We've gathered here today to celebrate the fourth episode. To celebrate marriage. The marriage, marriage of storytelling and improvisation in this podcast. I, I can't do that. That a W marriage. Yeah, that kills me. I'm, I die. Well, somebody once told me. Yes. That if you like us, you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram. God damn. I was Facebook. so scared that you were going to do. <laughs> somebody once told me the world <laughs> is going to woe me. There would have been too I many. Would, there would have been so many die, W's. I would have died. The sheer <laughs> comedic power of that. Hi. Do you love us like we love you? Follow us on various social media at Story Jazzcast. What I actually wanted to say was also that apparently it's really important to uh, rate us on your podcast listening places, uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Rating us helps us get out there to access more people and get more fans of the show, which means we can make more episodes and interact with more of you guys and and make better content. So we want that. You want that. Uh, Look, guys, if you like us, you know, the sooner you help us expand the fan base, the sooner you get to feel the fran base, the fran base. Yeah. The sooner the fran base expands, the sooner you get to feel elitist and stuck up because you were among the first ones. You listen to the OG episodes, which are still going on. As far as I know, we're, we're not even in the double digits yet, folks. I uh, also, you can shoot us an email at storyjazzcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you like. Totally reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Give us prompts, you know. We're, yeah. we're, we're always running out of ideas. We're always on the cusp <laughs> of the idea void. <laughs> and that deathly fear staring into that abyss is what keeps us going. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I make art purely to face the fear of not being able to make art anymore. That's, yeah. That's yeah. the only reason I do it. So I uh, I think that's about all we got for you today. Yeah. Um, this was more of an anxiety break than, than an ad break, huh? Uh, yeah, but uh, we we don't I even have any ads. The ad <laughs> we is, don't have any ads. <laughs> the ad is that we love you. <gasps> that's, that's what it is. We, we love, love you. you. Wow, we said it at the same time. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Grem, Sandwich, and Cincinnati. <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> what kind of name is Cincinnati? It was better than Paul, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, they spawn in a dark, dark, dark room. And um, Grem says, I can see why there were so many negative reviews. If I can't even see anything the moment that I spawn uh, in Cincinnati spews like a little breath of fire 
and uh, lights up the room for a second. Is it a room or is it just pitch blackness extending in every direction? Yeah, you can. He lights up like the ground for a second, which is like dark, dark gray. But mm-hmm. there are no walls and no ceiling or anything. It's just pitch blackness. So it just it just stretches. Buzzy or sandwich right now uh, clings to the hammer, holds it sort of close to his peanut butter chest, <laughs> and looks around, but can't see anything any better than anyone else. Um, he says, uh, sis, "Sis, I mean, um, Grim, where do we go?" Well, says Cincinnati. There's always forward. And he starts walking. Hey, Sandwich, would you just stand right in front of me? I've got a shield and a, and a local invulnerability temporary buff, so you should be fine. Just stick close to me. Okay. And they walk for minutes, 5, 10, 15 minutes through the darkness. And sometimes the, the incline goes up a little bit, and then it evens out again. There's just darkness. And then there's a wall. Just as black as the ground and the sky and every direction. But the players find that when when Cincinnati coughs a bit of flame, there's a corner and immediately the ground sh- juts straight up. It's not clear if this is a wall or whether the world is bent here or, or whether... This is the, the, the edge, if they've reached the edge. But they can't take another step forward. Cincinnati pushes against the wall with one hand, and it like, wobble, wobble, wobbles. But he can't push through. It's bendy, it's rubbery, it's slimy almost around his fingers, but dry. Uh, Grim, who designed this quest again? Because this is kind of bullshit. There's nothing happening here. There's no voice line. Grem just sort of shrugs and goes, I don't know, man. You wanted to play a quest. I thought this was sort of a higher level quest that might be fun. Uh, let me check. And she pulls out the little like quest description. And the author's name is just a jumble of random symbols and numbers. Uh, that is suspicious. Um, Grem, is this a... Is this what a virus is? Grim looks down at Buzzy, confused. In school, we, we read about viruses that they basically like infect computers and they can get passed from one to the next. They, is, this, is this what a virus is? I mean, viruses aren't really a thing in VR anymore. They have all kinds of security measures, but I don't know. Cincinnati, have you ever seen anything like this? Cincinnati just is currently in the middle of smacking his... His great axe of debilitating stupor. I don't remember what it was. Great axe into the side of this wall, and it just goes... And, like, jumps off. Can we, like, leave this quest and do a different one? Because this is nothing. Like, it's nothing. I'm sorry, Graham, this is nothing. Maybe Maybe it's not done yet. Says Buzzy. Yeah. Graham goes, no, I have a weird feeling about this. Maybe maybe we should jump out. And she opens up the little menu to exit the quest, and the exit button is grayed out. She's like, that's very disconcerting. Uh, can we, Buzzy asks, can we just uh, log off and then log back in? Seems risky, Graham says. Our characters will probably respawn here. We should 
make sure that they get back into the hub world? Well, remember that that staircase you built for me? Uh, yeah. What about it? Well, you know how it isn't what you think it is. You you built a staircase, I think kind of as a joke, saying you would give me unlimited big Newtons, but <laughs> you put some sort of mod on it, right? Where I, no matter how far I climb, it gets harder and harder to the point where I, I can't ever finish it, right? Yeah, <laughs> you figured that out, didn't you? <laughs> how far did you get? Well, I could always get to the last step, but I couldn't actually get on to the last step. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Have you been training during bedtime? Well, what I'm what I'm trying to say, sis, I mean, Graham, maybe maybe this room is like that. Getting out of the room is not is not programmed in. It's it's always going to stop us from doing that. We have to find a way to get to the top of the stairs without doing it in the way the stairs are meant to stop us. I could always get to the top of the staircase by jumping from the ground to the top step because the staircase didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't programmed to stop me from doing that. It only stopped me from climbing the steps. <laughs> and yet you still tried to. <laughs> you, you, thought it would, you thought it would be cheating and so I, I, didn't, I never showed yeah, you. But... Yeah, so you still tried to do it the right way. I respect that. So maybe we can get out of this room by doing something the room won't expect. And in that moment, Cincinnati goes, what the? And we hear like a, as they turn around and see Cincinnati's great axe being absorbed by this wall as the wall seems to come closer and swallows the axe. And Cincinnati doesn't let go and the wall swallows his hand and his forearm. And he goes, what? And he tries to pull out and he can't. Okay, Cincinnati, breathe. Uh, Sandwich, get behind me right now. Okay, okay. Oh, geez. Grum steps forward and points her hand cannon uh, to the point where the, the axe has been absorbed. And she says, I'm sorry, Cincinnati. I'm just going to blow it right here. Wait, no, come on. No, hey, I just got a new skin for my forearm. <laughs> Specifically for my forearm. And then she just she just uh, fires the cannon. Oh, I guess the haptic feedback does hurt a little <laughs> bit. It stings a little bit. It's like a little shock to Cincinnati's arm. But Cincinnati frees his arm. Ugh. Come on, I spent so much crypto on that great axe. They can't just make it disappear like that. Come on, Cincinnati. You could just grind the actual Dragon Slayer quest like the rest of us. But Cincinnati can't slay his own kind. <laughs> they back away from this encroaching wall and realize that the sound, the like <laughs> of the wall approaching comes from all sides. Okay, says Graham, I think we've found our quest. Like, this is the actual puzzle here. Maybe we try to, to get out somehow. Cincinnati says, Well, I've tried brute force, and that usually does the trick for me. So, I'm kind of at a loss. Graham, can I try something? <laughs> sure, Sandwich. Uh, go ahead, hit us with your best shot. <laughs> the wall's coming closer. Buzzy hands Graham the ball-peen hammer, and he looks up at the wall. And then as it gets closer, he takes the most confident step she'd ever seen right into the wall. And he steps through it. Absolute silence. Graham and Cincinnati just waiting there. And Graham goes, You there, bro? 
no sound. Graham goes, all right, I'm going after him. And she tosses her hand cannon and her shield by her side and takes a deep breath and steps to the wall. Cincinnati remains alone in this dark room that closes in and closes in. He, he calls out, No way I'm going through that wall. It's swallowed my axe, swallowed my arm. I mean, this is going to swallow my whole character. You know how much I invested in this character? No answer. The walls just come closer. <laughs> he opens the little menu and the exit button is still grayed out. No. You know what? No. I'm not playing your game, Void Slime Man. He sits down cross-legged in the middle of the floor there. And the walls come closer and the walls come closer. Do your worst. Outside of this wall, Grem and Sandwich, a.k.a. Buzzy, float in a white space. And Grem sees him over there. Wait, 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 wait. A checkered space? <laughs> yes. A checkered space. There we go. Buzzy is standing in a checkered space, a non-space. And Graham sees him floating there and realizes immediately where she is, where they are. And her heart starts pounding and she freezes and she says, Buzzy, don't turn around. Don't look at me. Stay right where you are. And carefully, she swims as though in zero gravity, over to Buzzy. She can't move, though, because there's no friction. And so with the last thing that she has, she takes off her power boots and she tosses them behind her to propel herself forward. And they drift off into the checker space and blink out of existence as they, reach, as they exceed draw distance. And she drifts slowly toward Buzzy and catches him, and the impact slows her a bit. And they're just drifting there. And she says, move as little as you possibly can. We need to find a way out of here. We, we might have to contact the mods or something. Uh, I, think, I think we're not supposed to be here. And Buzzy says, okay, uh, whatever you say. That was a weird quest, huh? And Grum says, yeah, that was a weird quest. And she, the, the rotation of their movement turns them around far enough so that they can see the black space that they were in before from the outside. And they see it has the shape and the aesthetic of a classic JRPG low-level enemy, the slime. But it's completely black. And the void slime shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. And Buzzy says, Is, is your friend still in there? Cincinnati? Yeah, I... I think he's, uh, he's not going to come out. He's, uh, he's like that sometimes. Is that good or bad? Well, I think that might be good in this case because we're in possibly a much, much worse scenario than, than he's in right now. He'll probably just get revived back on the server, but I don't know. And as they talk about it, the void slime shrinks even more. And finally becomes so small it like forcefully condenses into a hard dot and then like with a it 
bursts and black, tiny black points fly out in all directions, filling the checker space for a moment, prattling onto um, Sandwich and Grem. And uh, as they open their eyes, they see that the pattern that it has left behind is this swirling black labyrinth of lines and dots that fills the checker space for a moment. But then the dots start disappearing one by one. And this fractal shape is visible for a moment. It stretches in every direction. It's disorienting because previous to this moment, Buzzy and Graham were used to a 3D virtual space where they can turn their head and they can look in different directions. And it's, it's got a mock 3D output. But when the fractal, when the labyrinthine fractal fills the space, it's suddenly no longer 3D. It's not like they're looking at a box with the fractals on the outside. The fractal fills their vision such that it looks like they're looking at a flat screen, even though when they turn, they see more of it. They, instead of turning around in a 3D circle, they're just scrolling up, down, left and right yeah. on a flat axis of this fractal. They can zoom in if they move forward, they zoom out if they move backwards. They're lost. They're inside the fractal. They can't actually seem to escape. It's so disorienting. And Buzzy starts feeling a little sick and finally says, I, I think I need to jack out, Graham. I, I don't think we can do this for much longer. And Graham says, yeah, jack out. I'll, uh, I'll stay in and, and try to contact the mods. And she has her eyes closed and is like, um, just blindly, she knows the menus well, so she just blindly clicks through the menus and just sends out a random SOS, hoping that she can even be pinpointed in the checker space. And Buzzy, meanwhile, jumps back into IRL, takes the headset off, and is breathing heavily and realizes he's sweating. That was such a real experience. He's got that every time he blinks, he sees the fractal and sort of perfected light on like the back of his eyes. The way that when you look in the sun for too long, you still see the sun when you close your eyes. Yeah. It's like a nightmare. He gets up from his chair and he he has to think about it a little bit to like actually make his legs move because he's used to not thinking about making his legs move when he walks. He takes a step and takes another and sits on the on the little couch in, in mom's office. He breathes. He leans back and he looks at the bookshelf in front of him. It's got all these little figurines from when mom was younger and she collected them. You know, classic Mario and Luigi's. Amiibos. Little Amiibos. Uh, she's got a, a N64 encased in resin on the top shelf, uh, a real collector's item. And a bunch of Prima strategy guides. She is a real nerd, but he misses her. He misses her a lot. He looks away from the bookcase to uh, a framed picture on the wall. It's a picture of the three of them. Buzzy's so young, he doesn't actually remember taking the picture. But it's, it's outside. There's a tree, actually. He doesn't go outside that often, but there aren't that many, there aren't that many trees left. And it's, he's sitting on, on his mom's lap and Graham is standing on the bench with her hands on his mom's shoulders. And they're all smiling broadly at the cameraman. Dad, he can't really remember what 
dad looked like. And now that he thinks about it, he can't really remember much about mom either. You know, she didn't die that long ago, but they never really saw her. She liked games. She was always playing games, working on games, doing stuff. But she wasn't, she wasn't around. She had to, to work to, to keep the house, to keep, to keep food on the table. And now, now she was gone too. First dad, now mom. Now Graham had to get a job to work. Would that mean that, mean that Graham was going to disappear too? Was she going to have to go to work and, and not be able to, to hang out and, and play games and take pictures at the park anymore? Did work mean that you'd just go and you don't come back? That moment, he hears a, oh, finally, geez, from the other room. Graham pulls off her headset, gets up, shakes her head, blinks the stars out of her eyes. All right, Buzzy. Sorry that your first adventure was such a bust, but you should probably go to sleep now. Buzzy stands up really quickly and runs across the room and hugs her around the waist. <laughs> okay. Hey, come on. Uh, no time to waste. Did you brush your teeth? Buzzy's crying. Whoa, buddy. Hey, what's what's it's it's okay. It, my my character isn't lost. They were resetting it to a, f- a previous iteration. You'll it'll be fine. I don't know if we can keep your sandwich, though, but you were, you were going to set up a new one anyway, weren't you? <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to come back. What, what do you mean? It's not... I, I'll come back. It's just VR. It's not like in the movies where like you die in the game and you die in real life or anything. It's, it's fine. My character's being reset, and, and I'll be here for you, bud. Mom never came back. And Grum is just too surprised. She hesitates and says uh, well she'll she'll always be there for us as well okay in, in our memories and c- come on g- go go brush your teeth Buzzy lets go and walks to the bathroom sort of slowly leaving Graham alone with the thoughts Like waking from a long nap, we come to light in small, dusty basement. In the corner, uh, a stove burns with a sort of face in the middle. Kind of disconcerting, actually. In the center of the room is a broad, thick wooden table with papers and blueprints scattered across them, little notebooks everywhere. On one wall is a is a is a pin board with a big map on it. Pins everywhere, marking different houses, little red string connecting one to the next. In the center of the room is a suspended cube. In the cube is a fractal pattern, a labyrinth of black, lines and dots swirling and spinning, infinitely recursive, down to the smallest minutia any CPU could possibly generate. Around the cube stand a gaggle of figures, a a superhero-looking, Schwarzenegger-jawed, massive bullet bandolier-wearing beat cop, a purple flamingo with Jinko jeans, a 
uh, chains on their belt and a, and, a, and a wallet chain and a raccoon makeup. Suspended on the ceiling is a mechanical anthropomorphic spider, the cutest anthropomorphic spider you have ever seen. <laughs> All of them, the fireplace included, are looking at Buzzy, who is staring deep into this fractal as if it's etched into his mind and this new fractal is lining up perfectly with the echoing vision he had when he was only eight. I've seen this before. It was part of a quest I don't remember too clearly. But when I was a kid, or, you know, when I was just slightly younger than I am now, um, I started out in third life and I did a bunch of adventure quests. And there was one that ended in this symbol. I, I, I didn't really think anything of it back then, but... The, the weird thing about the quest was we ended up in the checker space and I lost my character and uh I think this has something to do with that maybe Bazi this is the checkered space you are talking about this is the same checkered space you saw beneath the pool the same ones that appeared in in the evidence room yes yeah of course the the space behind the worlds right the space between the worlds, I guess. The space between the servers, I don't really know how it works, but I've always been told you couldn't come back from it, and I, I guess it's true. And you have been there? Well, yeah. I, I just sort of ripped off my headset when that happened, and my character and all the items I had on it were lost. That was uh, my previous character. Frank, you, you are a, a veteran of this, uh, this uh, force life and serve life. Do you know much about the, the checkout space? Well, I've created a few quests myself over the years. Famous pirate quests, uh, m mostly, that went over very well in the community. But never messed with the checker space. That was always a taboo area, as far as I know. Only the virtual gods, so to speak, the... The highest of the mods and the admins were able to spawn something there and to, to venture into it. Webby says, And this is connected to the dogs, right? Like, we were using the dogs to track something that the bourgeoisie were <laughs> passing around? Webby, we've used the dogs for quite some time now. I know you are newer to the investigation, but we have been using... Sorry, guys, this voice is real, real annoying. I'm just going to switch over. Um, <laughs> so we've been using the dogs for, mm, i say, about a year now. Uh, basically, ever since uh, the dog law server came up. And we were investigating because servers are set up so that everybody has the same starting point. And yet, somehow, in the dog law server, people like Faker or other other investors can come into the game and start off with just more crypto than anyone else. And because of that, uh, they get preferential treatment. And uh, we're trying to figure out whether this is about funding the game itself or whether the game is funding something else. That's what we're real worried about. So you see, sorry, so you see, um, <laughs> this is an investigation into the connection between the money that's traveling through the game and where it's going outside of the game. Yes, says Viola. We could see a list of trades on the server, and we could see that 
certain members of what we call the bourgeoisie were trading items with other members of the bourgeoisie. And uh, the item itself was just marked as, you know, void in parentheses. So there appeared to be no item there that they were trading, but a trade was happening. So you're saying maybe they're trading this black goop? And since this black goop is some sort of error or, or like a virus in the system, it doesn't show up as an item at all? Yes, uh, possibly, yes. It is a, a placeholder. It is a placeholder so that they can move the, the money. But it doesn't just behave like a placeholder. It, it, it's a, an aggressive program. It seems to absorb everything around it and, and eat it up, you know? It's possible that these bourgeoisie buffoons are using this fractal pattern to erase content using it to erase the tracks of their misdeeds. We can catch them in the act if we can get to the data that's being erased by the fractal pattern. But what kind of data are they trying to collect and erase with this? Probably the money laundering scheme we think they've been running for all these years. And Buzzy realizes that the last time he saw Black Goop like this really was the void slime itself. And that the thing that the void slime erased was Cincinnati's character. And he says, Guys, I actually think they might be going after people. The other three look at Buzzy. I think they're trying to erase people or absorb them into this black goo. Buzzy, do you do you know someone who was absorbed? I watched back then during that weird quest. I watched this black goo swallow somebody whole, and in the following weeks, that person never showed up again. We didn't think much of it. Like, people had switched servers any, all the time, and it wasn't anything special, but that person disappeared. If we can find them, maybe we can find out more. Who, who was this person? Uh, a friend uh, of my... Well, a friend of a friend, basically. I... Didn't really know them, but their avatar was a black dragon creature. Do you know their name? And Frank cuts in here and says, Cincinnati. Yeah, that that was it. Cincinnati. Cincinnati disappeared hmm, three years ago now. He went on a quest. Is this, were you on that quest with Cincinnati before he, you must have been. Yeah. How do you, how do you know Cincinnati. Cincinnati and I go way back. Webby's like, that's a city, right? It's like a city in Ohio or something, isn't it? It is. So you probably know him from a map? <laughs> no, Cincinnati and I, we we used to play WoW with a, with a horde queen named Gremlin. No! <laughs> Wait, uh, 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 Buzzy's like, no way! Which is the w- voice <laughs> modulator's weird way of converting his... No way! <laughs> that he does in real life. And everybody stares at him. And he says, Okay, guys. I think some introductions are in order. I have somebody you need to meet. Is it RuneScape or is it Runescape, by the way? Have we talked about this before? <laughs> I always thought it was Run Escape. 
Uh, I think when I played it, it was mostly run escape as well. But that may be a difference in how you play this game. <laughs> run escape from real life. Uh, I think it's run escape in the wilderness because there are people, there are PKers trying to <laughs> kill me and take my dragon claws. <laughs>